Game one, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs tonight on Sportsnet. It's the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. It's one of the big, big, big days at the station, at the network. Very excited for game one. Tampa and Toronto. And to discuss that, implications, matchups, practice, everything leading up to game one between the Lightning and and Leafs, we have Luke Fox, our NHL reporter, the guy who will be taking the pulse of the series for us at Sportsnet. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. This this is how excited I am. Normally for these 7 a.m. hits, I have to set an alarm, and I just woke up on my own. So oh, you're fired up this I, morning. I, I, got, I got playoff fever. I will like, say, though, David Alter's already down taking yeah, photos what's going of Scotiabank you Arena. You're not, you're not at the arena yet, are you? They don't. They don't skate till ten a.m. What's, what's David Alton? <laughs> Got to get the picture. I love David Alton. I don't know what he's doing. I don't. I don't know what the plan is down there. But uh, maybe just there's a there's a Starbucks nearby. Seeing the scene already. I love it. Yeah, he's he's fired up. We're all fired up. Luke, we're gonna be down there. Do you want to sit with us, or you have like your own little posse? Well, down where? Oh, you're going to the like? Oh yeah. The morning seat? We okay. no. We no, weaseled no, we're, our way we're into the on game. The press row tonight. Oh, you are. Oh, you got seats. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they put all the sports net people together. Oh, yeah, we get to hang out. We'll get takes live from Luke. That'll be great. We'll just interview you. We'll stream it to five ninety. <laughs> okay, so you're up early here. There's obviously some buzz in the air. What is the vibe like? What's the vibe around the team? What were the last couple of days of practice like? Different, <laughs> the same. What's like the the thing that as you wake up on, I guess a Tuesday morning, uh, well, that's most prevalent to you? Well, a couple things. The, number number one, like watching practice, uh, the thing that blew me away because I was on that last road trip through uh, Florida and New York, and they were resting guys, and there were a couple guys banged up, and every day they were bringing in a new uh, amateur goalie to back <laughs> up, and uh, just everyone together on the ice. I'm blown away by the health, and I'm not I'm not trying to trying to jinx it here. Um, but to be able to start the playoffs with absolutely full health, you know, save Matt Murray, but you still have two pretty good goalies and you have all your forwards, all your D and they're practicing yesterday and they have a fourth pair of Lilligren and Gustafson. And if you were to tell me, you know, two months ago that Lilligren wouldn't be in the, in the top Leafs top six, um, I'd, I'd be suspicious. And then you have Gustafson who has more points than any guy in a Leafs, uh, any Leafs defenseman this year. And those are your healthy scratches for game one. Um, so I just think it, I think it's great that the Leafs are coming in here playing well on a, a four game win streak and they have full health. And in terms of the, the mood, I would, I would call it focused. Um, the, everyone seems to be pretty dialed in here. Like, Lots of time to rest, load management near the end, three full practices uh, before uh, game one here. And uh, th- they seem ready. They seem ready. And th- the other thing is just, you know, the media down there at practice has quadrupled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there's a lot more 
um, guys with uh, you know notepads and, and recorders running around trying to bug these guys. But it's be uh, us. a very very focused group. Very focused. Yeah, and morning radio people and parachuting we'll in. With, with, <laughs> we're going to Dollarama to buy notepads to pretend that we know what we're doing. Um, I want to I want to touch on Lilgren just a minute. I know he's not the biggest storyline going into this, but it was a question that I had. Um, yeah, he's not in the top six, and I think there was a stretch there where we felt pretty confident about where his game is at. I wonder if it's more of a testament to how the rest of the decor has you know elevated or an indicator of where he might have fallen off to be on the outside uh, looking in maybe tonight? A little column A, a little column B. Mm. I I think his game was a little up and down there towards, um, you know, the last month or so. But I think it's more to do with the type of defenseman that they want in. And and basically they need a guy to pair with Morgan Riley. That's, That's kind of the spot that, you know, he could be contending for. And I like the fact that you start Luke Shen, a guy who's been there, done that in game one. That doesn't mean that this is what this is, is the lineup that's going to be in stone through seven games. I mean, if we've learned anything about Sheldon Keith is that he's not afraid to make lineup changes game to game or make adjustments in game and tweak his lines and tweak his D pairs. And then, of course, I mean, I mean, you, I'm sure you guys watched, caught some of the action last night. I mean, playoff hockey is a different mm-hmm. beast. And someone's going to get hurt in this series. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm not ruling him out at all. I just like that veteran presence of Luke Shen. This is going to be a, like Tampa's going to take it to them. Tampa, of all the teams in the, in the postseason, they rank number one or number two in penalties taken and penalties drawn, which means they like to mix it up. And if you're facing a team that, that's going to try and take this into the gutter a little bit, I like having Luke Shen back there to clear the crease, protect the goalie, um, stuff out some cycles. Is Lilligren a better skater? Is he a better breakout guy? Of course. Um, but I, I think for game one, when Tampa's going to try out and uh, come out and try and set a physical tone, I like having Shen in there. Uh, we shared our keys to the series in the first hour today. Uh, I wonder what your number one prevailing key to a Maple Leafs victory would be. Uh, score first, take it to them. I think they need to dictate the the game and not wait and be a counter punching team. I think they they're they're the favorite here. I think they have the deeper lineup. You know they're going to have the advantage of last change. They're going to have the advantage of a pretty amped up crowd who's you know coasted through eighty two games here and and we've all known that nothing really matters until right now, starting now. So I think they need to be the aggressor. And I don't mean like in terms of mixing up. I mean in terms of dictating the pace of play. I think they're the faster team. I think they're the deeper team. I think they should try and jump all over the Tampa Bay Lightning and and assert themselves and not go through a feeling out process. These two teams know each other. Uh, There shouldn't be any, you know, kind of tiptoeing around this game and trying to see what the other guy is going to do. You have a loaded, loaded top two lines now with Ryan O'Reilly, John Tavares, and William Nylander as your second line? Like, when have the Leafs started a, a playoff series with a second line like that? Um, you know, usually it's like Alexander Kerfoot up there or something, and, and no offense to him, but I'm just saying, uh, everyone in, on the forward group slots in better. You need to take it to them. You need to score first, and you need to dictate pace. I, I think that's going to be really important. You mentioned that home ice advantage, and I, I wonder what you need to see from Sheldon Keefe, especially tonight and Thursday. He's got that advantage with last change. 
is there something to be won or lost with the coaching battle as well? Well, I mean, I think he's been fantastic in the regular season. And I also think that his inexperience in the, in the postseason has shown through. And I, I do think he's been out coached in every playoff series that he's had. Um, but I think he's learned from that. You know, he kind of talked about that a little bit yesterday, uh, that it's not just the, the players that, that take lessons from these losses. It's the, it's the coaches too. And certainly he's not dwelling on the past. He's not saying, well, you know, I, I really wish that in retrospect, I had, I got Matthews and Marner away from Philip Deneau when it wasn't working instead of keep doing the same thing. Um, but I, I think that the lineup that he has will provide him with more versatility. Like, we're seeing Ryan O'Reilly in the second-line center spot. But if it doesn't work, we could easily see him in the third-line center and have the offense spread out a little bit more later in the series. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be afraid to do that. And I think that whole last month, or basically the stretch from the trade deadline on, when he was experimenting with different deep pairs and line combinations, was all part of uh, him kind of exploring his options before he needs them. So I don't think he's going to be afraid to to mix and match. And uh, so it'll, it'll be fascinating, actually, to, to see how it plays out. So you last, know, if, if, things doesn't, if things don't work, does Matt Nyes get in the lineup mm-hmm. at some point? You know, he has options. Yeah, and it seems like he's been exploring his options, which, again, is what you want to be doing when you're, you got a bunch of new bodies and you want to see how this team can be best assembled. But last year in the playoffs, uh, it looked like he was searching for combinations. There was no exploration. There was uh, desperate searching. At least it seemed like I, I amazed looking back on last series, the amount of lineup change and turnover and turmoil. It just seemed like nothing was settled. And one of my big keys for this series is like, Sheldon Keefe's just got to trust what he has. He's got to put this in, in as close to stone as possible and really, really try to just wait and be patient and understand that a new look second line can give you something. That Matthews and Marner will give you something if given the opportunity to stay together. Do, do you see it that way? Do you, like, do you sense that he's more confident in what he has or is this just part of him where if he gets a little antsy, if he sees something that he doesn't like, he's going to be reflexively looking for the blender and changing things up? I do think the blender way is kind of his nature. But um, by the same token, I do think he's more confident in what he has in, in terms of a lineup. Like this guy is a, a Ryan O'Reilly super fan. He's already put him on the top power play unit and bumped William Nylander down to the second unit. And I don't think that is – at first I thought maybe that was uh, to get Nylander's attention, but now I think it's because he likes O'Reilly so much and likes that his presence around the net uh, and his ability to win face-offs. Like winning face-offs is so key on the power play. So I, I think he has more weapons at his disposal. I think he loves his, his bottom six more than he has in the past, and I think he has a right to. Uh, you know, I, I think – Last series against the the Lightning, part of the the jumbling around was because they were getting caved in on the bottom two lines. Like Tampa dominated with their forward depth. I think the way the roster is constructed now, and and the way they've been playing, that the bottom two lines gives Keith a, a little bit more confidence that way. It's it's a fine line, right? You don't want to, you know, just be stagnant and keep going with something that's not working when a matchup isn't in your favor, but you don't want to panic and make crazy changes. Like I was talking about the Deneau thing. Um, you know, you're, 
you want to be consistent and trust what you have. And he was, and I remember that series, he was like, well, Matthews and Marner just have to push through it. They just have to push through it. Well, they weren't pushing through it. And then all of a sudden it's too late. Like it, you don't want to panic and make a, a, a reactionary move. Um, but you do have guys playing, you know, like guys in their prime, four guys that ultimately that those are the guys that are going to have to get it done, whatever formation you put them in. And, you know, I think we're just going to have to let this thing play out a little and see exactly what happens and what needs to change or what should they should just keep sticking with. Uh, unfortunately, John Tavares was caved in as well in last year's series. Uh, he had the worst expected goals among no- top nine forwards who played in the series. Uh, they tried different combinations that did not work. Uh, now we're seeing a position change in addition to uh, a real influx of talent on that second line. At this point in a playoff series, Second line left winger, is that where John Tavares can be, um, where he can best serve the Maple Leafs? Well, we'll see, right? I, lo- I do love that second line. And if they, could, you know, if they can score them a goal or two, it would, it would be fantastic. I mean, he's, his foot speed is, is slowed down, but he's playing with William Nylander, who you know, has no problem entering the zone with, with speed making plays himself and Ryan O'Reilly is an excellent playmaker. So uh, the bet here is that not only are they going to Ryan O'Reilly gives that line a defensive conscience, you know, the other, the other option would be to have Marner with Tavares as a defensive conscience. So, you know, the the bet is that they won't allow goals, but that they're also betting that that line is going to score you a goal or two at five on five um, because of all the, you're loading it up and having all the star power. Now, my suspicion is that Tavares will slide in the center and Ryan O'Reilly will go to third-line center when they're on the road and when they don't control the matchups to kind of prevent having, uh, you know, a third line that, that could get exposed. So I think that this is a home lineup, and I wouldn't be too shocked if uh, Tavares goes back to center and, and O'Reilly is a 3C th- when they're on the road and and just to mess with John Cooper and give him uh, a tough, you know, center option up the middle for all three lines. But we'll, we'll see what happens here. Got to be honest, that makes me a little nervous. Uh, I mean, like, not that I'm the, the authority on these things, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Which one? Just just that you're going to have a home and away lineups in different different looks. Like, honestly, I, I think Kyle Dubas has done such an amazing job getting talent at this team and to mess with it you know, maybe you miss out on the best game from those three players just because you wanted to split them up to do the home and away lineups. Like, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we'll see if we get there. But I just really, really feel that being impatient or galaxy-braining this thing or just being too cute is something that could really turn into a pitfall for this group. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what makes it so fun, right? I, I don't know. That That is a suspicion of mine. I, I don't, you know, it's, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I think it all depends how, how it plays out, too. Like, are they up 2 nothing? Are they, is it 1-1? Are they down 0-2? Like, are, are the games close? Like, I think a lot of it has to do with, with how the games unfold. And, and I guess, yeah, d- definitely. But, like, part of it is you're making this decision with Tavares because you've determined that it didn't work last year with him playing center and then you go in a tougher environment and throw him in the middle after he hasn't been playing up the middle. It just seems like you're opening yourself up for something. But uh, again, yeah, we shall see. Uh, Austin Matthews, uh, we have no such concerns with. It seems like he's peaking at the right time after a, a strange season, but one that maybe looks 
like it makes a little bit more sense in hindsight. Are you seeing the superstar hit his stride at the precise right time? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think there's a physical element at play. You know, there was something with his hand bothering him. He banged his knee. Uh, I'm sure there was a few other bumps and bruises that, that, you know, we're not fully aware of. But I also think there was a, a mental thing at play. You know, he, he had won two rockets. He had won the heart. Uh, he had established himself as a dominant regular season player. And all the, the messaging was nothing matters until the playoffs. And so I think there was a little bit of human nature at play. Like he even took a couple days off in the middle of the season to rest up on a road trip. And uh, I, I just really feel like he understands that to his legacy, to the team success, all that really matters is that he's peaking at the right time and that he's healthy at the right time. And I think we saw that over the last three weeks. Uh, he's flipped that switch. He, he can go beast mode. And I, I would expect that we see Austin Matthews at the top of his game in this series. I would, I would expect nothing less. And then the other thing is, uh, and Sheldon Keith kind of alluded to it over the weekend is that I think he's going to like that. It's a clean slate that everyone on the team, everyone on the opposing team is back to zeros in all their stat columns because 40 goals, amazing season. It's also a 50% drop off from what he had the, the previous season. So I like, I think he appreciates that, you know, he, everyone's starting at the, uh, from zeros again, and he, he can, has a level playing field to put up a ton of points to be a dominant guy. We have yet to see a signature series from these guys. You know, they played well last, last year, no doubt, much better than the Montreal series, much better in the Columbus series. But we have yet to have that signature Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner series, the way we've seen from McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like, it is time. Mm-hmm. So good thing that he's healthy. Good thing that his game looks to be strong. Uh, he's got his favorite line mates. There's no excuses. Uh, Luke, a lot of people are at least maybe believing in the fact that Tampa has gone through three long seasons and maybe they're fading a little bit uh, going down the stretch. There was a, a blip of a, of a time where they didn't look like the Tampa Bay of the last three seasons. Do you believe that? Do you think that they were also kind of in the same boat of coasting into the postseason, knowing they had been playing the Maple Leafs since about November? Um, and are they still as scary as they might have been the last three seasons? Yeah, so I'm generally a believer that you can't just flip a switch, but I also think if any team can flip a switch, mm-hmm. it's probably it's probably this one. I mean, this this group gets it. The fact that you know there's another level you have to get to in the playoffs. Uh, you've been to three straight finals, and then it's like, okay, great, another training camp. We've got to go through this whole 82 game grind just to get back to to what matters i i genuinely believe that they don't care that much if they have home ice there's a, a ton of confidence it's it's a different thing believing you can do it which is where the leaps are at and knowing you could do it which is where the three-time eastern conference champions are at that said i there's a lot of things i i haven't liked about the tampa bay lightning the last couple of months uh they're kind of just playing 500 hockey their coaches had to get on them at times uh, with some pretty significant benchings and uh, some sharp words in the media kind of trying to get their attention. Uh, the other thing is, just on paper, you look at the what they've lost. Like Andre Platt and Ryan McDonough, and to a lesser extent, Jan Ruda, but he was a great partner for Victor Hedman. 
for last year's run. But McDonough and Palat, like I, I had the privilege of, of covering a bunch of Lightning series that didn't involve the Leafs, and the amount of games afterward that Cooper would like go on and on about what those guys bring to the room, bring to the lineup, how, where where they wouldn't be without them, and now those guys are not there, and the replacements just aren't up to snuff. Like you look down the right side of of Tampa's D, and it, it, it is weak, especially compared to the, the Leafs on whole. Now, you got Sergachev and you got Hedman, who are excellent players. Sergachev has really come into his own this year. He's nasty. Hedman, you know, you can't question him. But I just think the depth on the defense has taken a massive hit uh, with the absence of McDonough. And, and I think that could be something we look back and say, man, they just didn't have the, the depth on D, and, and the Leafs improved on depth on D. And I think that could be... a a real big factor in this series. Uh, from a performance standpoint, Ilya Samsonov has grown into this season and into this role in ways that I don't think anyone could have really dreamed of. Uh, he's been really, really good down the stretch. He's been the rock that this team has been looking for. But at the start of the season, there was some weird things going on with performance in big spots and nerves and admission to being nervous. Has this guy's confidence and mental game grown in line with his on ice performance. Yeah, I think it has. Um, I, I just, I, I, you know, he's not Andre Vasilevsky. What happens if he has a bad game? Uh, we don't know. That remains to be seen. I mean, he's he's relatively untested in the playoffs. He has one playoff win, and I'm talking about games. And you look across the other way, and his his countryman there has has two rings. So that's that's the edge there's two edges where i i see that the tampa has it and it's it's the coach and it's the goalie and you know the the one thing i would say is that samsonov is feeling good he's playing good he looks good in the net uh i think it was important that you know they did the, the cap shenanigans not shenanigans but you know um <laughs> did what they had to do uh to get him his rest uh, towards the end of the season because he's basically been a tandem goalie most of the time in the NHL. So they're going to count on him to play every other day, home and away. Uh, so is he up for that test? Is he up for that workload? We're going to find out. But uh, I feel just as confident or more in him than I did in Jack Campbell or in Freddie Anderson. He's on top of his game. He's young. He's happy. He's he's loving he feels comfortable he's loving the moment uh his head's in the right space i'd say right now uh it's it's what happens if if things go sideways how does he react last one for you luke uh kind of putting you on the spot a little bit but one way that the leafs are different you know and maybe we'll exclude hey they have ryan o'reilly now uh and one way that they are the same and worrying worryingly so so how they are different and how they are the same and maybe that's reserved just to the guys that have been here and have to change the narrative themselves uh well the bit i mean it you know it's hard to ignore the ryan o'reilly thing i i, I would just say the different if we're going to ignore ryan o'reilly I, i'd say the bottom six is, is a big difference in a positive way and i think the depth on d um, is a big difference in a positive way. How they're the same is, is it's basically coming down to the same core. And those are the, that's the core that has the demons swirling in their heads. So, uh, you know, that, that's they, until they do it, they haven't done it. And, and I think that's, that's way, the way they're the same is, is 
essentially it's going to come down to the same five guys because I want to throw Morgan Riley in that mix too, and the same coach. Um, so let's let's see if they can they could do it. I mean, there's, there's certainly do. There's no excuses this time. Like I've never felt more like they have the better team when you when you scroll it out on the whiteboard than they do in this series, uh, and that Tampa's has never looked more vulnerable uh, in the past four years, say, than they have right now. So you have home ice. Uh, you're going to have the crowd behind you. You have a deep lineup. Go out and do it. Yeah, it's time to get it done. Uh, it is time to get it done for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That process starts tonight. Game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Round one, Maple Leafs lightning. Luke will be there. We'll be there. And we'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for uh, joining this this morning, Luke. I know it's a long day. We appreciate your time. Yeah, enjoy the game tonight. I'll see you there. See you there. It's Luke Fox, NHL reporter for Sportsnet. He'll be covering the series as in-depth as anyone. And we heard from Luke, and we want to hear from you after our break. We'll be taking your calls. Be sure to jump into the queue soon. We want to know how you're feeling ahead of game one tonight. That'll be at 416-870-0590, or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. Excited to hear from our morning commute, see how folks are feeling. I'm sure there's some excitement in the air. Let's get something to chew on, brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, so there's a couple things we could do here, but let's talk one more time about the Kyle Dubas situation. Well, when Freed speaks on Dubas, we react. It's Sally and Friedman in his latest 32 Thoughts column. I wanted to read it for you, and then we can react because it's not the audio version, it's the written version. Elliot writes, quote, just talking to other teams, it's amazing how they purse what I've been happening in Toronto. They find it hard to believe he's leaving. They think all these rumors are just various stakeholders saber-rattling and negotiating through the media. Elliot continues, I do believe at one point in relatively recent history, a contract extension for Dubas was proposed, only to be blocked because there wasn't enough ownership support. That's where MLSC is right now. I've mentioned this before, but firing Babcock with $25 million left on his contract changed the organizational dynamic for extending people. It affected the Messiah jury negotiations, now Dubis. If Dubis indeed becomes available, there will be plenty of interest. End quote. Interesting. Okay, that's some good stuff. That's Does that good make stuff. you feel better or worse? Um, well, it depends on, uh, uh, you know, where you stand on things, I suppose. I mean, it kind of means that they have to have success for him to be back though. No. Yeah. Uh, if it's up to the board and the board is not satisfied with results, then that'll tell you that, um, they've got to win. They've got to win for this partnership. It seems to be, um, extended. I wonder if anyone else would be considered among that group, but in we shall extension. see. In terms of hey, uh, you might have a contract, but I hey, see. the Babcock thing exists, and we don't want to pay people who aren't working here. But uh, I can't imagine Dubis will be the only one to suffer the consequences. I don't think that would be fair, because frankly, he's done the best job of the big three. Well, hopefully, that's a little while away. Uh, we'll take your phone calls after the break. You can also text in at five ninety five ninety your thoughts and feelings. We can sprinkle some of those in throughout the show. There's a couple texts in about their vibes and their thoughts and their concerns headed into tonight. Get ahead in the queue. We already have some people that have called in. That's four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety or star five ninety on your Rogers cell phone. We will chat with you on the other side of the break. 
diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we made it. It's game one of Leafs Tampa tonight, 7.30 p.m. puck drop. We want to know your vibe. We want to know how you're feeling this this morning. Is there a little nervous energy in your tummy? I got to read this text from Neil. I believe it's Neil from Newfoundland. He did not say. Usually Neil from Newfoundland puts that. So this could be a separate Neil. Okay. Nonetheless, this is Neil. This series feels like when you have the stomach flu and you have to fart and you're not sure which way it's going to go. (laughs) That's a vivid explanation. I, I did not expect you to say that. Good morning. That's a little bit more, that's the extra mile from pit in the stomach. <laughs> like maybe two miles. All right. Well, we're taking your calls at 416-870-0590-1888-666-0590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. Get in the queue. We want to know how you're feeling this morning. We've got a couple callers already waiting. Let's start with Michael from Toronto. How's it going this morning? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you guys? We're fired up. Are you feeling the same? You know what? I'm so excited um, because this year feels a little bit different, and I'm sure that is incredibly naive of me. But, yeah, we're just such a deep roster. Uh, You go top to bottom. We are a deep team. We have the depth on defense. But I think our Achilles heel this year might be Justin Hall. Um, Right? (laughs) <laughs> What's wrong with Justin? I know Hall? that's What's wrong? He is a pylon way more than Dion Phaneuf. He's not aggressive the way he should be for his size. He's slow out there. He has a bad first pass. He's just he should be a 6th or 7th defenseman and we have him playing way too high in our lineup. So that makes me nervous. Uh, yeah, I mean I think there's reason to be nervous because this guy doesn't make too many mistakes, but when he makes a mistake, it seems like it costs the Maple Leafs, and they do have a couple guys that have trouble getting it out sometimes. Luke Shen likes going high off glass. Well, sometimes high on gla- high off glass ends up in the back of your net. So, yeah, maybe they don't have, you know, maybe there's a little bit of an issue from a puck-moving standpoint, deep in your own zone, good forechecking with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But Justin Hall, 95% of the time, it's pretty quality. And if that was Michael from Toronto, thanks for calling in. If that's the biggest point of concern that he has, I think it's a short list. Feeling right about that. Okay. Okay. Let's move to our next caller, Vince from Oshawa. Vince, how are you this fine Tuesday morning? Hey, guys. Good morning. I hope this weather is not symbolic for the Leafs' fortune for these playoffs, right? No. Listen, optimistic and all that good stuff, nervous energy. For me, I think a lot of this playoff uh, series is going to come down to special teams. I think it's going to be hard to get those goals. And that's what I get concerned about is the Leafs' power play. I see it as being very predictable, and I'm just curious if there's going to be any changes to that or how that's going to play out. But I think that's going to be a big piece to this playoffs, and I'm just curious to get your thoughts on it. Um, Great call. Thanks, uh, Vince, from Oshawa. That was definitely one of my keys when we did our our three keys to the playoff series. Um, This morning, special teams was certainly one of them. The Maple Leafs have not been the better playoff team in any of the playoff series that they've been in the last six of them, at least. Um, they just, Power play team. Yeah, sorry. 
that's what I mean. Uh, special teams. I guess team. what you said is very, yeah. also very true. The the special teams will certainly be an indicator of of this team's ability to elevate. I think it comes down to sometimes those tiny little opportunities, and if it's a tight series and you have one power play opportunity more than the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you can capitalize, that could be what it comes down to. I think that's a really great point. I'm hoping that maybe some of these tweaks, like Ryan O'Reilly to the first power play unit, yeah. I know that's one simple thing, but William Nylander moving down, thing. it's it, it could be what changes the dynamic, but they're certainly addressing it. It seems like they, they are aware of the the downfall in the past. And maybe that's what it takes to elevate. William time. Nylander did score 40 goals this year. So putting him in positions where, you know, you might be more likely to score. Uh, it generally seems like a good thing, but you're right about like reasons to be skeptical. I mean, this, this group mm-hmm. has failed you. We know Morgan Riley is not that great of a power play quarterback. It's kind of the same thing as the second line. You kind of need a change, but you didn't change it. So that could be one thing we circle and look back. I'm like, why didn't we do anything to address what was an obvious issue? Let's give you the phone lines again. That's 416-870-0590 or one 590 or just star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. We're taking calls for the next 10 to 20 minutes about how you're feeling this morning. Game one between the Leafs and Lightning starts tonight at Scotiabank Arena, 7.30 p.m. Puck drop. We've got Steve in Mississauga joining us this morning, Leafs fan for 40 years. How's it going, Steve? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I got to say, though, uh, you know, you don't want to be the doom and gloom on this, but too much, right? Like, you've, we've experienced way too much of the uh, of that loss, too much of sort of high hopes and uh, no delivery, and I, I'm going into this one a little bit worried. I, You know, we're, we're talking a lot about um, special teams, and we're talking a lot about even defense, and Morgan Riley's a huge piece, and I think not having a quarterback on, on special teams is a huge problem. But then, as much as we've talked about goaltending, it's, it's almost like we forgot about goaltending. You can't win the Stanley Cup without a goaltender, and I don't think that you're going to beat Tampa Bay without a goaltender. And maybe Sam Sonoff might pull one out, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's our... Um, I don't think he's the goalie that wins the Stanley Cup. So as much as I'm still going to be a Leaf fan after this season, uh, maybe we'll look to next season for something better. I just don't – you hate to be that guy, but someone's got to say it. Uh, Steve, 40 years, most heartbreaking moment as a Leaf fan. That's <laughs> right. Uh, most heartbreaking I don't. It's hard to say. There's just so many of them. How about the last five years? Uh, was, yeah. In most totality, heartbreaking yeah. moment. Yeah, I know it's hard to say that there's there's one most heartbreaking moment because it's been, uh, I guess, 40 of them. I oh, appreciate yes. the call, Steve. Uh, on Samsonov, yeah, maybe we have like, oh, maybe we're a little bit complacent in how we feel about what he can well, provide. Well, because we have no other option, but Justin. He, but he also hasn't given us reason to be nervous about his performance. Honestly, he's been that good down the stretch. Mm-hmm. We've uh, we've you know we've outlined the Vasilevsky factor, and maybe that's as simple as he can play better than Samsonov. But Samsonov, you know, for whatever reason, has not been at the forefront of concern for a lot of Leaf fans. Well, Steve because aside. because he's been a bright light, I think, um, with unsure expectations, I think, coming into the season with the tandem. One of the half of the tandem did what Leaf fans worried about the most. And so anything that Ilya Samsonov has done down the stretch has been, A, impressive, but B, comforting, right? Like, I think Maple Leafs fans needed a steady Samsonov in net. We've seen that. We've seen the ability for him to win on home ice like no other goaltender. I think it comes down to if these two go head-to-head and one can steal a game and one can steal another game, it's about maybe delivering in that big moment. And Samsonov's done that. So my concern level is a little low for that. So that guy also sounded like Jeff Blair. 
He really did. Well, that was Jeff Blair first calling in on his way to work. All right, Andrew Whippy's joining us this morning. Uh, Andrew, how's your vibe? Yeah, I mean, I'm nervous like all the other Leaf fans, <laughs> but uh, I think it's now or never for for the for the boys this year. That's for sure. It's now or never for that group, and it's now or never for the uh, coaching staff and the management group too as well. But uh, I feel good, you know. Like we got to feel good. We got to give those Leafs the energy. And uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think the Leafs need to sweep Tampa because it's a mental game. Once they get down, it's a mental it gets in their heads. And I think we got to sweep them. Well, we got the ability to do it. I mean, we talked about goaltending. Grant Fear wasn't the best goaltender, but he made saves when he had to. Mm. So Samsonov, I think he could do it. Where's your biggest point of confidence, Andrew? You look at this team. Is it uh, the way that they've bolstered the lineup? Is it the core four finally delivering in big moments? Where are you feeling the most confident coming into tonight? You know what? I think they've added uh, some grit in in the guys that they picked up. You know, I, I really think they do, and that's so important in the playoffs. Like you watch, you watch last night's game. It's like watching like two different leagues. You know, everyone ramps it up during the playoffs, right? So they added that grit, and I think they got to take the body against Tampa. They can't get pushed around. And uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a gentleman on talking about Justin Hall, and man, I'd rather see Lilligren in there to be honest with you. You know, he's just oh, I feel so much safer with him. You know, but I think that's the key. I think that's the key: the grit, the toughness, and 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 they can't back down from Tampa, man. They got to stick up for each other. All right, Andrew, appreciate the call. I uh, hope you enjoy the series, and hopefully, it, it's four games and a sweep for the Maple Leafs because you'll love that one. Um, he talks about the toughness. I think that's a really good point. These teams don't like each other, and it will be messy at times. Definitely in front of the net. Definitely in the corners. They got some instigators on their team. We'll see if Michael Bunting can regain composure. Mm. and play the Michael Bunting style that we saw the last two games, which were kind of funny. And they're better equipped, right? Mm-hmm. The guys that they brought in, uh, we saw it with Sam Lafferty. Big hit, immediate gloves off, ready to go. Nola Chari, a former Bruin. He's got Bruin in him. Mm-hmm. Like, he can do it. They've got guys who can do it. I don't think they have to fake toughness as much as they maybe had to before. And if you're, you know, quibbling between the defensemen, and I know it's a Hall versus Liljegren discussion, mm-hmm. Luke Shen obviously gives you that ability to be a little tougher back there. All right, Jay from Osaga Beach joining us this morning. Probably not a nice day to be on the beach, but how's the vibe up there, Jay? I'm very nervous and optimistic at the same time. What what brings you a little bit of optimism, Jay? The way Kyle made actual good deals at the deadline this time. And where is there... We, Sorry, where we just, go ahead. Where we just stayed at before... We actually had depth and toughness that Shen, uh, Noel, just, I'm very, very excited. He's game one. Yeah, looking back on last year was a little striking, right? Like they, it was, it was the team that they started with this year in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Like it was kind of incomplete. You, you look, look back around, at, and also imagine looking around that locker room, the same faces again, going into the same mm-hmm. series. Like there's got to be a little bit of like, are we doing this again? And are we serious? Mm -hmm. Are we serious about this? Because Kyle has told you a few times over the course of the last five years how serious he thinks this team is. Before the bubble, when they were like seventh, eight in the conference, they did nothing. They could have sold. They didn't. They probably should have, but they didn't. This year, he showed that confidence. He showed that confidence by being the most aggressive general manager ahead of the trade deadline. And that should give you some confidence as a player. And with those guys in the locker room with you, that should be 
confidence-inducing as well. All right, thanks to Jay for that call. Um, let's chat with Jason and Barry, who is, uh-oh, a lifelong Habs fan? You know it. <laughs> Are you on so, the wrong phone line here, Jason? <laughs> um, well, actually, I guess what I'm curious about, because... Like, I have plenty of friends, obviously, that are Leaf fans. My grandfather is a Leaf fan. He's pushing 80. And I I would love for him to see his team win a cup one last time. I mean, that that, that would be nice. Um, I guess what I'm wondering is, how does this team compare to 2004? Or even, like, what was it, 02 when they made it to the conference finals, like with Car- Carolina? Was that who it was? Uh, was it 02 Carolina? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. <clears throat> But I guess what I'm wondering is what's different about this year? And, and you know, or how would this team compare to 04? Well, I think a lot of it, and again, re-racking my brain, this is like high school, I don't know, preschool, I was, no, high school. I was 10. Um, the thing about those teams was, yeah, there was that supporting help. There was those depth guys. There were like a bunch of Zach Hyman's, the guys who could give you a lot of utility. But did Matt Sundin have the superstar talent around him? Did he have a, did they have a partnership back then? Like Matthews and Marner? Did they have a second line with a guy who, like John Tavares mm. playing the wing, a 40 goal man on the right side, a former Con Smythe guy up the middle? I just think the top end is so much different. And maybe that's part of the downfall of recent years is that they're not that balanced team. And maybe that was part of the success back then where you just had more contribution across the lineup. This team is different in its makeup 100%. How much different will the story be? Can they win rounds like they used to in the early 2000s? I don't know. We'll, we shall see. It hasn't been that way to this point. You know who we can ask? Our guest at 8.30. Thomas Caberle is going to join us, and maybe he can answer that question, which is a good one. Um, we got a couple more calls to get through. We've got Rick from Coburg, who's actually on his way to Toronto. You coming in for the big night here? Are you going to get tickets, or are you just watching with some friends, Rick? Yeah, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, no, I'm fortunate to have some tickets and uh, really looking forward to getting in the building. Yeah, what do you think the vibe's going to be like um, around tonight? Just excitement, a little bit of nervous energy in the in this, in the arena? Well, it's uh, not Tuesday in January, so let's hope that uh, the fans actually get off uh, off the butts in their seats and uh, stand up and wave some towels. But, you know, I think it's going to be cautiously optimistic. You know, um, a lot of us have uh, gone through this for 10, 15 years, and I heard some callers before, 30, 40 years. <laughs> But every year is different, and uh, LSU, you know, you played this game at a high level. Um, it all, all it takes a little puck luck and uh, a couple things to go the way, but I think hopefully the boys get off to a good start, and I think that's what they need. All right, Rick, thanks for calling in. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, you better be part of getting your butt out of your seat and cheering loud, okay? You did play the game at a high level, Irish. <laughs> that shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, um, all right. I love the energy. Keep coming. We got a couple calls left. Uh, it's always uh, exciting to chat with our listeners. We got uh, Mike and Mississauga joining us. You're sounding like you're a little stressed out, Mike. Oh, yes. I am like every year this happens. I get super stressed out. It's like as if I'm going to get like an aneurysm or something and the Leafs <laughs> play in the playoffs. But something's got to give, right? You guys are most of the time you guys have like a betting segment on this show. So I don't know what the numbers are right now, but I'm driving. I think it's what, like in the past 10 times the Leafs made the playoffs, they, their first round exit, they're like 0-10, something ridiculous like that, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hasn't been a good run. No. <laughs> yeah, so something's got to give, right? Like, I think, like, most of the time you guys are, like, talking about bets and stuff, something's got to give here. They just got to get out of the first round once, okay? They just have to do it, you know? Well, so least... that's, just, that's just what I'm uh, putting out there. And, you know, go Leafs, go. Hopefully I'm not 
super stressed Ooh. out later on, but like, let's get a first round uh, exit. Uh, not an exit. Let's get a first round W here and win the Stanley Cup. Okay, I'm going out on a limb and saying that. Leafs minus one fifty five favorites. Just for your reference this morning, in game one at least. You're right, Mike. Appreciate the calls. Appreciate everybody calling in this morning. Um, we'll say the close the close the phone lines now, but maybe okay. we get another chance to do this. Hopefully, before a second round. Game one, maybe a third round game one, maybe a Stanley Cup final. Game let, let, one. Let's circle back on one item there the yes. 80 year old grandfather. Oh, right? I love that. Like, I, we talk about this, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of emotion, obviously. Some people are detached from it, some people are into it. But this fan base deserves this, right? And we talked about this a little bit in the 6 a.m. It's been a long time. People have waited a long time. We went back 04. I'm in high school, you're in whatever. Middle school, preschool, elementary, whatever. It's been a long time for people. Great, I would have been, but people waiting for this moment for a long, long time. People have never seen these moments. People have never been able to celebrate a series victory. We're talking with the guy at eight thirty who was part of the last Mm -hmm. series victory. You haven't seen Tom Bruce Caberlet play in the NHL in quite a long time. Like the people in this city are owed this moment. It needs to happen eventually. And when you have an 80-year-old grandfather who wants to see it once again, like that's where a lot of the emotional part comes in. And that's why it means so much to everyone individually and everyone can feel in the success that the Maple Leafs can feel if they have themselves a series. We can all share in it, right? And we've been waiting to do it for a very long time. Can you imagine how much we are celebrating for Mitch Marner when he broke that regular season point streak. Uh, Imagine the celebration if the Maple Leafs win round one. Exactly. And that's why kind of those moments are a little lost on me. Like it, Mm. it's for me, it's like hard to get excited about that because it's like, it's for Mitch. This, this city has been waiting for something for the entire city for a long time. And the only thing that's going to solve that is a playoff series victory. Not another one, not another one. Dan and Dan and Etobicoke brings up a good point here. This year is going to be different for the Leafs for one simple reason. The Raptors did not make the playoffs. Now there's finally enough mojo play, playoff mojo left for the Maple Leafs. Maybe that's what we needed. The Raptors took one for the team and said, we're going to just blow it for the, the stretch here. Clear the floor. So you, we don't have to do the changeover. The, the crew won't have to change from court to ice. It's just ice all the time. The vibes will always be Maple Leaf Square. There's no Raptors playing park. It's just Leafs. All the time down there at Scotiabank Arena. Maybe you're right, Dan. Maybe they did that on purpose. Maybe the ice will be better, too. I don't have to change it out. I'm sure there's a 5% factor. Just keep it there for, you know, six to eight weeks. All right. Well, thanks for everyone for calling in. We love doing that. Hopefully get to do it a little bit more down the stretch here. Um, Keep the vibes going. We're continuing with a giveaway that we're doing all week long. Blue Rodeo is coming to Bud Stage on August 26th with special guests Wild Rivers and Rose Cousins. And we're giving away tickets all week long. To enter, all you have to do is tune into the Fan Morning Show this week and listen for the code word. Then text the code word to 590-590. Today's code word is lost together. Text lost together to 590-590 right now for your chance to win. We're giving away another pair of tickets tomorrow. But if you don't win with us, make sure you secure your tickets by going to ticketmaster.ca starting this Friday at 10 a.m. The code word is lost together. Five ninety five ninety for Bud Stage Blue Rodeo on August twenty sixth. All right, Blue Rodeo, love it. I do love it. The dads are fired up for a little Blue Rodeo.
this morning. As they should be. All right. Uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to keep with the exciting phone calls because we've got Steve Dangle joining us. He will give us the pulse of Leafs Nation. From Leaf fans to the Leaf fan in the a lot of ways. Leaf fan will join us at 8 o'clock. And then we'll talk to Thomas Caberlet at 8.30. The last time the Leafs won a playoff round, he was wearing that blue and white. Do we have what it takes to do it again? All that's next on The Fan Morning Show.